a main point behind crucifixion was not only to put a person to death. There were easier ways of doing that. Jesus' death is sometimes compared to that of Socrates, the moral teacher, philosopher who lived prior to Christ's incarnation. The reason being, the comparison that is made is that Socrates is another innocent victim like Jesus. I don't mean to trivialize, but Socrates was given a death by poison. And the only thing to compare between the two deaths is the end result. The nature and means of their deaths is entirely different. A main objective of crucifixion was to bring the greatest amount of shame possible onto the victim. To dehumanize them before all who could see. Prior to the end result. Their death. Crucifixion was meant to send an unmistakable signal. This person that you see before you is not fit to live, not even human. The Romans said that such a person was condemned to the death of a beast. Even in a movie like The Passion of the Christ, some of the shamefulness escapes us because we know that it is not entirely real. And the camera can choose which moments to display. It literally cannot show everything. Responding to criticisms of the violence in the Passion of the Christ, another critic said, the realities of a crucifixion were likely even worse than Hollywood can depict. How was Jesus submitted to shame in the crucifixion? And why? During his all-night trial, he is spit on by the religious leaders and slapped repeatedly. They mock him, saying, Prophesy to us, you Christ, who is it that struck you? After he's handed over to the Romans, he is beaten with a whip that contains shards of bone and metal. Soldiers then strip him of his clothes. This is the first time this happens, of multiple. They put on him a purple robe and place on his head a crown that is made of thorns. And this is their cruel attempt at irony, a way of mocking Jesus' claim to have been a king. Then they knelt before him and said, Hail, King of the Jews! And they too spit on him, and they use a reed to hit him repeatedly over the head. Now, crucifixion in every place in this time of the world was too dirty and gruesome to be done in the middle of a city. So victims were forced to parade through the streets to the outside of town with their cross on their back. This also served the double purpose of creating a larger public spectacle. So crowds understood that their role was to increase the shame and humiliation of those who were designated unfit to live. Crucifixion became this societal ritual and making some feel a greater sense of honor while others were intended to feel a greater sense of shame. 
Now Jesus was so weak at this stage that another man had to step in to carry his cross. Simon, the Cyrenian. And when the time came for his actual crucifixion, they again stripped him of his clothes. The soldiers played something like a game of dice to see who could keep them. There were two others, also deemed unworthy of life, who were crucified with Jesus. Now, while he was on the cross, people continued to take turns taunting Jesus. You who would destroy the temple in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from there. And the religious leaders continued to lead the way. He saved others. He cannot save himself. He is the King of Israel. Let him come down from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let him deliver him now, if he desires him. For he said, I am the Son of God. And at least one of those being crucified beside Jesus joined in on the taunting. Now, there are details not included in the gospel stories, but details we know were part of crucifixion. One of these being that because of the pain and the agony, victims usually release their bodily fluids for all to see. And also, as they began to die, bugs and birds of prey would populate the scene. One of the most shocking, shaming parts to Jesus' crucifixion is that the majority of the people around do not care. This is why the church has long said that this verse from Lamentations is a foreshadowing of what happened to Jesus. Is it nothing to you? All you who pass by, look and see if there is any sorrow like my sorrow. Crucifixion is an enactment of the worst that we are. It is an embodiment of the most sadistic and inhuman impulses that lie within us. The Son of God absorbed all that drew it into himself. All of the cruelty of the human race came to focus in him. Why did Jesus die in this particular way? Could he not have drunk poison? There are still people who are shamed and unjustly killed in our world. But Jesus, of all people, did not deserve to be shamed. Did you hear the repeated words of Pilate? I find no guilt in him. The shame involved in Jesus' death is at the center of this story because it is one of the many places where his death was on our behalf. The Scriptures tell us that we were created to live in harmony with God and with each other. That the first humans, Adam and Eve, were naked and unashamed. But their sin created an impulse they had never felt before. They had always lived openly before God and one another. Suddenly, they had the inclination to hide. 
Shame lies a step beyond beyond guilt. Guilt tells us that we have done wrong. Shame tells us we have to hide because of it. We can never be forgiven. We are no longer safe to live in the open before God or before others. Shame causes us to live in this strange pattern on the one hand of pride, thinking we are better than we are. Then, though, embarrassment, wondering whether we have any worth at all. Take the disciple Peter as an example. He believes or wants to believe that he is strong, that when the day of testing comes, he will pass. Though everyone denies you, I never will tells Jesus. But on this night, Peter fails Jesus, and he fails himself. He reenacts the story of Adam. He goes away, hides, and weeps bitterly. Unless someone is willing to enter that kind of failure and shame with you, bearing it for you, you never fully recover. Adam hid in the garden. Christ did not hide on the cross. He gave his life for us out in the broad open of the world. In the crucifixion, he took on our shame. Before his crucifixion, when Pilate presents Jesus to the crowd, he has said, I find no guilt in him. And he's saying more than he knows in that. But then he also says, behold the man. And he is saying more than he knows in this as well. The name Adam means man. That first man failed, became guilty, and he hid. We have been guilty and hiding ever since. But behold, the new man, the Christ, he has gone before us to lead us into the new way. Listen to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. In Christ, our guilt is forgiven, it is absorbed, and our shame is covered. We now have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus. Hebrews chapter 10. To enter the holy places, to come into the presence of God, is to come out of hiding. It's to recognize that our guilt is forgiven and our shame is covered. So what do we do in light of Jesus' crucifixion? We acknowledge our guilt and the barnacles of shame that have grown around our guilt. And we trust that Jesus' death, shameful death as it was, was for us.